it is time for the F1 Academy season. I am so pumped. Thank goodness. And it feels very real this time. I feel like I had time to get hyped, knew what we were getting into. There's such a clear like plan happening. Like, like this is the year. And as two people who did watch a lot of the delayed coverage we got in 2023, I am so excited that we're going to give you this full episode previewing everything you need to know for the 2024 F1 Academy season so we can all rally around it and continue to support it and support this initiative. Recording from New York and Los Angeles, your hosts, Nicole Katz and Brianna Klein, are lined up on the grid for this week's Gridwalk. Engines are fired up, ready to broadcast to you every Thursday on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and more. Subscribe, like the video, turn on auto downloads, and leave a review to provide us with a fresh set of tires. Today, Gridwalk will take pit stops at... So we're going to give you the overview of what the goals of this series are. We're going to give you all the rules as well as the weekend format. Then we're going to give you our opinions on what we think will make 2024 a success for the F1 Academy. And then we have a jam-packed rapid-fire driver preview where we're going to give you the major facts and some fun facts about every single driver that is going to be on the grid. Then. We can't do a preview without talking everything Charlotte Tilbury because we're we're just such marketing nerds and the fact that there is a makeup brand sponsoring a full car this season, we need to obsess over it. And then we're going to end the show with our first F1 Academy draft. So how we do predictions the same way we do for F1, instead of making predictions, we're going to draft drivers. And the drivers that we pick, the points they get that weekend, we get those points as well. So we can get a little extra invested and compete with each other, which is, you know, a lot of fun and always the goal. So let's get right into it. Here is your full F1 Academy preview for the 2024 season. It's lights out and away we go on this week's Gridwalk. I mean, my outfit, like, can we just, like, we are branding people, but the yeah. color coordination that I was able to find in my closet today specifically for this, I've, I think I've worn this also for F1 Academy things before, but it just, it hits. It hits different. Wearing Mercedes merch feels different, but like, you know? I meant to comment on that when we sat down, so thank you for bringing it up. I think it is fantastic color coordination. This is not something that is a goal of the series, but I would love if we actually get F1 Academy merch that we could buy this year. I understand that last year was a trial run and it wasn't a priority and it still probably isn't a priority, but I would love to be able to financially support the series. So please put out merch. Oh, and Susie. Yeah, they did a whole driver development day when you're listening to this, it was a while ago, and they gave everyone who attended these like F1 Academy notebooks and pens. And I was like, I want to be able to buy that. Please make it, make the merch. We will buy it. <laughs> All right. But I think when introing anyone to the F1 Academy, it's important to start with what is the goal of this series? Because I think it was very natural for everyone to compare this to the W series, but the goal of this series and the W series are very different. And I think the overarching goal of this series is to bridge the gap between karting and local F4 single-seater racing. Because F1 identified that the biggest drop-off for female racers is that they don't get the sponsorship to be able to start single-seater racing. So they might be very good carters and do all this karting, and then they can't get enough money to make the jump to single-seater racing. So the main goal is to specifically bridge that gap. 
Like, get women into cars so people can see them driving cars. <laughs> yes, we... It's very clear that like a major issue within motorsports in general, but particularly with female in motorsports is access. And you, we keep hearing the story time and time again of how, no matter how talented the driver is, when she hits a certain point, then she just, it stops. And like, it's a very sad thing that there isn't necessarily a next step. And it really seems like F1 Academy could be the solution and be that bridge between the gap into like whatever the next step is and eventually really getting, you know, a female driver in F1. That's and end game goal. Like that's, yeah, that's what we want again. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, karting is unbelievably expensive, but once you get up to single seater racing, the price skyrockets. So another really important goal of the F1 Academy is to provide track time at a subsidized rate. So instead of having to pay full entry fees to an F4 series, they're basically paying less than half of what that series would normally cost. And F1 through the F1 Academy is subsidizing that. And that's why you'll see a lot of um, emphasis in the F1 Academy on track time. It's because we're, get we're getting these women into cars and getting them as much experience on the track at this subsidized lower rate as physically limited by money possible. <laughs> like the whole goal is... Let's do this for as cheap as we can, um, get them track time. Because if you think about it, if a lot of women are dropping off before they even get to single seaters because they don't have the money by sponsors, if they don't have the money to uh, get into cars, then they're not getting track time. So they're not getting better and they're following, falling further and further behind. So the goal is to get them as much track time as their male counterpoints that are getting sponsors as possible, uh, but for less money. Wow. With experience, someone gets better at their job and or like pursuit of their dreams. What an unbelievable concept. And when you make that more affordable to people, that gives them more experience. <gasps> Whoa. It <laughs> <laughs> and it all, I mean, that it's such like plain and simple. And it, it, you know, I think like the excuse of like women's or less talented drivers or whatever, like if you really want to get into the nitty gritty of like the evil people that like claim these horrible things, when you're getting more opportunity to see female drivers actually performing, and then that narrative can be silenced because you're getting more experience of seeing that and seeing that it's unbelievably not true. For, you know, so it's just more opportunities for female drivers to prove themselves, which, you know, we need. Right. Um, and then the third goal of the F1 Academy is it's become F1's arm for increasing karting involvement at young ages. Um, so it started to reach out to very specific communities and holding days where women can come drive a cart and see if they like it for completely free. And they're doing tons of these initiatives to basically increase the pool. Uh, because if all of this is a numbers game, there's 20 drivers in F1, to identify the 20 best drivers in the world, you need millions of people trying karting. Like I always joke that probably the fastest driver in the world just never got into a cart. Yeah, so, we just don't know. That's so We crazy. just don't know. Yeah, because they just, it's not a, it's not like kicking around a soccer ball in your backyard or um, in America, you can just play football because it's at every high school. Uh, you can't just join a carding thing, especially because of how expensive it is. So since fewer women are 
giving given access to even carding a goal of the f1 academy is to give that access and identify people who are passionate about it and talented and get them like hooked on it essentially and i think all the time like i if i was a kid and someone said i could go carding for free like what if i loved it i never would have known because i just that's not i don't come from a family that does race cars like i honestly let's be honest i would never have been fast but it could have been something i loved so it's just a third goal is it has become F1's arm to reach out and increase involvement at the karting level so there are more women to funnel up into single-seater racing. It, everyone knows within you know, F1, if you're not karting when you're basically going into pre-K, you're, like if you're right, not you're six years, seven karting. years old and walking and karting <laughs> at the exact same time, you're already at a disadvantage. So being able, again, to have that access to make it possible for drivers in any, you know, female or male, but having any more like continued access at a younger age is fantastic. And F1 Academy had already announced their Discover Your Drive initiative of kind of, you know, being able to find that support and, you know, going deeper than beyond just the drivers that are currently within their series and showing that they're wanting to like give that access and just provide more education of the opportunity of going into motorsports. So it's F1 Academy has shown that it's already so much more than, you know, just the racing series, but increasing that involvement at a, you know, lower level to thus better the series in the future. So it's, it's great to see that investment already. We're going to give you some rapid fire series rules of everything you kind of need to know to get the basis of what this series is all about. So starting with, it is exclusively for women between 16 and 25. Women can only participate in a maximum of two seasons. The top five drivers will get super license points with P1 getting 10. There will be wild card entries this year. And then finally, there's going to be seven race weekends this year, and they're all F1 support series. So we're going to be able to see the F1 Academy at the Saudi Arabia GP, the Miami GP, the Barcelona GP, the Dutch GP, the Singapore GP, the Qatar GP, and the Abu Dhabi GP. <gasps> Breathe. I could have breathed in between them, but I chose not to. I, I dedicated to say it in all one breath. <laughs> committed to the cause. Committed to the cause. And I realized I left off our series rules list that it is a spec series. So similar to F2 or F3, if you watch those series, everyone is driving the exact same car. What a time. These rules just feel so legit. And I, I mean, I've been reeling about the super license announcement since it came out. Um, but just looking also at the age, the specific age range that it applies to, one still really reinforces the if you're not getting started at a younger age you need to like be getting on it um so it's just also it's like really showing the importance of youth access to being like getting that experience in carding of some sort um because like your shot is in this window the rules match the goals of the series, which is always important to see that they align. So if the goal is to bridge this gap between karting and other F4 series, then it makes a lot of sense to me that the age range is what it is, because this is where 
like female drivers are dropping off. And then I also love that, like, it's, it's hard because you want to see drivers continue to get drives, but I love that women can only participate in a max of two seasons because this is meant to be a feeder series. So I, and I love, like, if you think about the fact that every F1 team has to back at least one driver, I love that they can't say, yeah, we're backing a woman and then just leave her sitting in the F1 Academy forever, they at least at the bare minimum need to be going out and trying to identify new female talent every two years. And it, like that, that one rule prevents these driver academies from getting lazy, in my opinion, and trying to do the bare minimum, uh, which is like just leave their quote unquote female talent to <laughs> drive. Because I think this all goes back to me is that I am constantly don't love that we have a female only series because there's no difference between men and women's ability to push a pedal and go fast. So I like that they can only participate in two seasons because it forces this to really be that bridge and to go to other feeder series. It reinforces, it makes sure that it is a feeder series. It, you know, it, especially like we keep talking about access. It's going to be like, take a shot every time I say access during this episode, but that really is just the importance of it. And if you didn't set sort of this limits on involvement, you would have drivers that are just stuck here. And whether it's just, there's nowhere else for them to go, or like, it's just going to be a way that F1 teams can be like, look at us supporting a woman. Like, and it's just this beautiful like sticker that they can just put on their resume, but having this limitation on it means there needs to be new talent and teams that are going to be throwing their money at something are not just going to be like, okay, whichever one like comes in and fills in, like, no, this is important for them to be able to like make sure that they're backing the talent they want associated with their brand. I think this is going, and this will, we'll talk about this a little bit when we talk about what will this be a success for us, but access, but also competition. Like I could really see F1 uh, teams getting really competitive with each other about like who can identify the best talent. Um, so I, there, I have a hope that the max two seasons and the age limits and the fact that there can be wild card entries, which means that people can like test out drivers the season in advance. Um, I, I'm hoping that teams get competitive with this. Well, us rooting for more competition, like who would have ever thought or whoa. predicted that? Wow. Whoa. Um, and <laughs> never would have thought about it before. Uh, I think the other huge piece of this year, which is finally going to be something that we've been like rooting and screaming for, for the last year is how it is aligning with the F1 calendar. So getting to see, the F1 Academy drivers interacting with F1 drivers or just being in the same space on the same race weekends puts so much more attention, eyeballs, a potential spotlight, like for Access. F1 Academy. Access. I was really trying, I'm playing tire taboo with myself right now and trying not to say access because, you know, if I've turned this into a drinking game, I care about people. Um, but yes, the access to watch, the access of F1 Academy drivers to the sponsors and networking opportunities, the access to the media they have in an actual All right, F1 you're killing race our viewers. weekend. Well, this is what now we're unleashing. It's it's incredible. It's amazing. I hope one of them is an F1 Juniors race, but it just changes the game of the type of content and material that we're going to be able to get from F1 Academy this year. 
this year. For those of you who watched last year with us, this year they have changed up the race weekend. It's a little bit different. So they now get two 40-minute practice sessions. They get one qualifying, which is a 30-minute qualifying, and then there's going to be two races. The driver's fastest lap will set the grid for race one, and each driver's second fastest lap will set the grid for race two. The points model for a race weekend is exactly the same as F1, like the same breakdown and everything, except they get two points for each poll they do. So there's a, a little extra spice. There's some more points on the line for qualifying. <laughs> I think it's very, I, I think it's very interesting. It makes sense. Now that we've gone through just how this year looks a little bit different, what the new rules are, the new setup for the weekends, goals for the series overall. And now it's time for us to share, at least for this year, what we would need to see to show that F1 Academy is a success or it's on their way to achieving those goals that we initially aligned. Um, one of the really special things this year is that F1 teams are have to back drivers within F1 Academy. And we're hoping to at least see more than just like throwing money and throwing your logo on to their race suits and things, getting actual support, sim time, being at different events, providing opportunities that you should be providing drivers that you're supporting, um, even if you were not obligated to support them. Yeah, I think seeing teams like yeah we wrote on our thing actual support and i think what that could look like is so many different things like i know aston martin has already talked about the mentorship that they're going to be doing for their driver um so that's a way you can support giving them access to sims giving them access to time in the garage with the f1 drivers and talking to them and there's so many different ways teams could support them um i also think there's the bare minimum they need to do, which is sponsor the driver in F1 Academy, which to your point is a monetary investment. But you can give more monetary sponsorship and investment beyond that. Like most drivers at this stage are participating in multiple F4 um, Academy seasons, not F4, multiple F4 race seasons. Um, so, and we've, we're seeing that right now where some of the F1 Academy drivers are currently driving in other F4 series. Um, so helping them get sponsorship or providing them with that financial ability to be racing in multiple F4 series is another way we could see support. Um, so I just, I don't Access. want, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to get to the end of the F1 Academy season, which is also the end of the F1 season. And when we do our recap roundup to be like, well, we're looking at you insert team names here because it seems like you didn't actually support your drivers. Like I want us to end the season being like, here are the ways that all 10 teams supported their drivers um, and integrated them into what they do. Which leads me to the, my second goal of the season, which is F1 weekend integration for the F1 Academy as a whole. Um, I want the drivers to be visible. I want the events to be visible. I want when you're watching free practice for F1, I want all of the broadcasters to be telling you, hey, check out the F1 Academy. Uh, like, I want to feel like F1 Academy is there for the seven races that they are there. Have them as part of the driver parade or like the individual, like have sessions where fans could then also be going and interacting with the F1 Academy drivers. Like do what you do for F1 drivers 
also for F1 Academy drivers. Like, guess what's not hard? Doing what you're already doing just for more of it. more drivers. <gasps> well, it's incredible. It, it, there's so many ways that they could be integrated. And to your point, it will be very obvious at the end of this year what teams did support their drivers and which didn't, just for sheer comparison value. And F1 race weekends, you can really spotlight how you are assisting. And I mean, God, you have an entire day dedicated to media before the race weekend. Like you can really choose to showcase every team comes into every race weekend with a storyline. Why we named the show Gridwalk is because there were storylines up and down the grid. And here's a fantastic way to be relevant and have a good storyline going into other race weekends. Teams at the back of the grid, I don't know, Haas stake, like who, I don't know, who knows? Maybe like we're just expecting them to be in the back. Well, guess what? You have an opportunity to be doing great things other places and you can still be relevant. Take the chance. And to, and to varying degrees, every F1 team has a content machine and it is so easy to get your, just and your feeder drivers as a whole involved in that content machine that you're doing. I think Williams is a team that does this really well, where they are always integrating their driver academy drivers into the content they're doing. Uh, so more of that and do that with F1 Academy. Uh, there's, there's so many opportunities. And I really just hope that F1 and the F1 Academy and the teams are looking at this like an opportunity. So again, like, we look back at this at the end of the season and we're like, wow, like look at these people who did this great content, who really got the F1 Academy drivers involved. Oh, it was so great to hear uh, Julian Palmer on the F1 podcast talking about the F1 Academy and pointing people who might not know that this is going on. Like we're super ingrained in the F1 space and we're super passionate about this topic. So of course I know the seven races that the F1 Academy is going to be present for but the average casual viewer that just tunes in like you need to remind them you need to tell them so i'm i really the more you integrate it into the f1 weekend the more that it's going to be top of mind for the average viewer that's why we're doing this preview that's why every time there's going to be an f1 academy race weekend it's going to be a segment on the show uh because we just we don't want people to forget (laughs) this is such an important initiative you know, it's proving that people care and people talk about it. And we saw so much backlash last year when we thought we weren't going to be able to watch races at all. And it was very hush-hush and different things like that. So we need fans to continue to vocalize their support. And us being those fans, we will also continue to vocalize the support. Well, the last goal that we have outlined for the F1 Academy season is... Since this is a feeder series, we would like the series to feed, essentially. So after season one, there were two drivers that moved up through the feeder series. It was actually the winner and the second place finisher that got to move up. This year, I would love at least three. Three drivers to move up at the end of the season into a higher level in the feeder series. And then hopefully we start seeing more women in F3. Maybe not next year, but 2026. Two or three women driving in F3 would be great. Right now we only have one. So that <laughs> I could sum up this third goal, which is feeder series, do the feeder series thing. Feed. <laughs> Feed. Provide access. <laughs> but I, I want these drivers' careers to continue. So as 
I hope that we see a lot of drivers moving up at the end of this season. It's time to meet all 15 of the F1 Academy drivers. Whoop, whoop. Okay, I'm going to start us off with Emily Duhouse. She is a returning driver who participated last year in F1 Academy. She drives on behalf of the Netherlands at the age of 21. This year, she is a backed by Red Bull. Um, so she is one of the drivers that is being supported by the an F1 team. And her F1 Academy team is MP Motorsports. I said how last year she participated in F1 Academy and finished ninth overall. She won her first race in Catalonia last year. Some quick other on-track highlights that she's had in 2020 won the Dutch Winter Cup in senior kart racing. She made her single single seater made her single seater debut in the F4 Spanish Championship in 2021 with MP Motorsports, the team that she's racing with in F1 Academy, and she was also part of the W Series in 2022. Our second MP Motorsport driver is Hamda Alcabesi. She is also getting backed by the senior Red Bull team. She is 21, representing the United Arab Emirates. Last year, she was P3, so she was the highest finishing driver that did not move up in the feeder series. She averaged 29 points per race weekend. She won four of the 21 races and had a total of seven podiums and two poles. So she is definitely a favorite coming into the season, considering how well she performed in the first season. She started karting in 2015. She moved up to single seaters in 2021, and she became the first ever woman to step on the podium in the Italian F4 championship. And gosh, I just love this pairing and this story. On to her sister, Amna Alcabasi is also a returning driver from last year, supporting the UAE. She is 23 backed by Red Bull as well. Um, our F1 Academy team is MP Motorsports. Last year, finished sixth in F1 Academy. She began karting at the age of 14 in 2014. She's the first Middle Eastern woman and one of nine female drivers to take part in a motorsport team test program for Formula E in Saudi Arabia in 2018. And she had two race wins last year in F1 Academy and finished in the points in every single race except for when she had to retire in Zandvoort. So this sister pairing is definitely one to keep an eye on this year. Moving over to the Preba team, first driver is Doreen Pin. She is 20 years old from France and is probably the driver I'm rooting for the most in this series. Um, she is going to be backed by Mercedes. Now you might know who she is because she is part of the Iron Dames, which is an all women um, arm that does a lot of endurance racing. So she's currently just this season is part of the Iron Dames endurance racing lineup for the WEC and the IMSA series. She won the Ferrari Challenge in 2022 in dominant fashion, and she made her single-seater debut late last season racing in various F4 series. She came second place in one of them despite only doing half the races. So this, uh, she her nickname is called the Pocket Rocket, and I think that is really like amped and really, really relevant to who she is. So you're going to hear a lot about her because of her endurance racing success coming into this. She's only 20 years old, which is crazy. Moving on to Maya Woog. She actually has a triple nationality. She is Dutch, Belgian, and Spanish and has raced under all three of these throughout her racing career. But she will be racing um, as a Dutch driver within F1 Academy. She is only 19. She is being backed 
by Ferrari and is driving for the Prima team. This is her first year in F1 Academy, but she has already been showing up within um, the racing world. She started karting at seven years old. She made her debut in Italian F4 in 2021, also as part of the Iron Dames program. So again, Iron Dames, if you're a part of that, you mean business and are definitely a ta- um, showed your talents early on. Potentially most notable for Maya, she was nominated in October of 2020 as one of the 20 female drivers between the ages of just 12 and 16 to compete in the Girls on Track Rising Stars program, which was put together by the FIA Women in Motorsports Commission. She ultimately won the prize as that prize was being a place in the Ferrari Drivers Academy. So again, huge opportunity for her, and I can't wait to see what she does this year. Our final Prima driver this year is Tina Hossman, who's being backed by Aston Martin. She is Swiss and only 17, making her tied for the youngest entrant in the race series this year. She actually only moved up to single-seater racing from karting last year, Um, but she did earn a podium in her debut weekend in the Formula Winter Series. She's definitely one of the drivers coming in with the least experience, but she still got picked up by an F1 team to be backed on. So I'm intrigued to see how she performs against some of her more experienced uh, competitors this season. Moving on to potentially one of the, I guess I would say more of the well-known names on the racetrack, even if you weren't following F1 Academy last year. Almost anyone knows who Bianca Bustamante is. She is a returning driver who races for the Philippines. She is only 19 years old. She is being backed by McLaren this year. It's a perfect pairing. I totally see it making sense. Her F1 Academy team is the Art Grand Prix team. She participated last year at F1 Academy and finished seventh overall and had two race wins throughout the season. She previously has participated in the W Series, but she is actually considered the third most influential female driver in the world with a combined following of 2.2 million followers across Instagram and TikTok. And her again, her being with McLaren just seems like a social media content match made in heaven. So I'm excited to see what off-track content we get from her as well as her on-track performance. The second driver for Art Grand Prix this year is Leah Block. She is a 17-year-old American and she's being backed by the Williams Racing Academy. Leah Block made a name for herself in rally driving. She was the youngest ever champion in the American Rally Association Championship. She also last year participated in Extreme E in the second half of the season. And interestingly, she is the daughter of late rally driver Ken Block, who was the co-founder of DC Shoes, which is a fun fact I'm sharing because I know Nicole would be like, that's so cool. Uh, So... Again, she is tied for being the youngest driver on the grid this season, but she's already a champion in rally driving and is looking to make the move over to single-seaters. Our next driver is Aurelia Nobels. She is another triple nationality driver, Brazilian, Belgian, and American, but she'll be racing under the Brazilian flag in F1 Academy. She's only 17 years old, so not only do I feel ancient, but I feel much less successful than her. Uh, she is the lucky driver to be in the Puma car, one of my favorite liveries that I've seen in an incredibly long time, and racing with Art Grand Prix. So some on-track highlights for her. She made her racing 
She made her racing debut in the F4 Brazilian Championship in just 2022. Again, she's only 17, and she was the only female driver on that entire grid. In 2023, she competed in the Italian F4 Championship, and it's definitely worth noting that in December of 2022, she won the senior category in the Girls on Track Rising Stars program, organized by the FIA Women in Motorsports Commission, and was awarded a place in the Ferrari Driver Academy. Carrie Schneider is our first driver for Campos Racing. She's 25 years old and driving on behalf of Germany. She's actually the oldest driver on the grid this season, and she is driving for the Sauber uh, Sauber Driver Academy, aka Stake, and you know, the whole confusing naming stuff. Yay! Um, But technically, it's listed under Sauber. Uh, She is a returning driver. She drove for RGP last year, where she had one win and finished the season in 11th. Next driver is Chloe Chambers. She is an American driver, which is always kind of exciting to see. That doesn't necessarily change her interest at all, but I love to see an American female driver coming into the series. She is 19 years old. She's backed by Haas and is driving on, uh, on behalf of Campos Racing. Some other on-track fun facts. She competed in the F4 U.S. Championship in 2021 and drove for Jenner Racing in the W Series a long time, alongside Jamie Chadwick in 2022. And her and I are almost exactly nine years apart as my birthday is June 15th, 1995. And her birthday is June 14th, 2004, which makes me feel old. All right, next we have another returning driver. She'll be driving for Campos Racing. It's Norea Marti. She placed fourth last year in F1 Academy. She's 22 years old and from Spain. Uh, She's sponsored this year by Tommy Hilfiger. She began karting at age nine. Her father actually owns a rental kart track, so she got to get experience at a very young age. In 2019, she made her single-seater debut in Spanish Formula 4, scoring a podium in her first event. Um, This is one of the few drivers on the grid who has participated in the W Series and in F1 Academy. Yay! One of my favorite drivers from last year, Abby Pulling, a driver on behalf of the UK at 20 years old. Uh, No surprise, backed by Alpine, as she's done a lot of work with them, and we've seen her do plenty of appearances with them. Um, F1 Academy team is at Roden Motorsports. Last year within F1 Academy, she finished fifth, made it on the podium seven times, and had the fastest lap four times throughout the season. Abby is so impressive to me. Started karting at the age of eight years old and then was competing within the year at nine. Uh, She won the Super One National Junior TKM Championship twice in 2017 and then again in 2018. Made her single-seater debut in the F4 British Championship and finished sixth. She was one of five reserve drivers in the W Series in 2021, eventually made her debut in Silverstone and secured seventh in the standings at the end of the series. Uh, Also, one final really sick fun fact about Abby, before the 2022 Saudi Arabian Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, Whoo, English is so hard after so much energy drinks. Before the 2022 Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, Abby and Asil Ahmad became the first women to drive Formula One cars in Saudi Arabia. The second road and motorsport driver is French driver Lola Lola Lovenflaus. She is an 18-year-old driver, and she's also a returning driver to the grid after the first season. And she's going to be driving the Charlotte Tilbury car. 
Uh, last year, she drove for Campos Racing. She came in 10th place in the series, scoring three podiums throughout it. She began karting actually very late comparatively to most drivers because she began karting in 2018. And she started her St. Placida racing career in 2021. So also one of the lesser experienced drivers on the grid and really fits into this um, F1 Academy demographic. Um, so I'm going to be interested to see how, if she takes a step up in her second year with the F1 Academy. Next up, we have Jessica Edgar, a returning driver uh, to F1 Academy, racing for the UK at age 18. She is racing with Rota Motorsports, which last year she finished eighth with. Some on-track highlights. She first tried karting at four years old, which is unbelievable. Uh, her first full season in a single-seater racing was just in 2022 in the relatively new GB4 Championship. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> ah, makeup Motorsports, Charlotte Tilbury, F1 Academy, Charlotte Tilbury, Money, F1 Academy, Access Motorsports. Words. The livery, the race <gasps> suit, the partnership, the rollout of the partnership. This is like the only way this could have been better is if they were actually sponsoring like F1, F1. Like I love that they're supporting women in motorsport and all that. But gosh, I want an F1 driver to have to drive around with that lip logo on their car so badly. But oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Charlotte Tilbury is sponsoring a full car. A car is riding with a Charlotte Tilbury livery. I should go get all of my makeup that I'm currently wearing. That is Charlotte Tilbury makeup. Oh my gosh. Uh, there is a makeup that there is a sponsorship in a single seater race that is makeup and it's all over the car. <laughs> Words. Like all over the car. Like it I is. Love yeah. It. My um, liquid blush and my pillow talk lip kit, like 100% is here for this whole day. The picture of Susie Wolf and uh, Charlotte Tilbury as the announcement, like, tick like, what a power woman duo. I was just unbelievably screaming from the moment I saw it and just Lola's whole car and the helmet, the livery, the race suits, just there's such an aesthetically a pleasing branding and logo. And there's also just something about the level. There's so many different makeup companies there's, and I would have been jazzed about probably any makeup company yes. being this sponsor, but the fact that it is Charlotte Tilbury like that, that's a huge, that's huge. That's a big name. That's not, like, just, I, I don't want to put it as a comparison because, again, I'd be excited about any other makeup brand. But I religiously use this one, one that's viral on TikTok, one that's very, like, influential that you definitely would not necessarily associate with motorsports. The, this, okay, so again, we are not sponsored by this. We are open to this. But we both genuinely, like, I wanted to bring over my, like, foundation to show you how beat up this like design is here because I use this religiously. And then I can't tell you how much money I have spent on these contour wands because nothing is better for filming if you want a contour or like bronzer or anything than these contour wands. And yes, I am that pale that I can use the contour shades as bronzer because that is how pale I am. But like, I just needed to like be like, I actually use these products <laughs> and not like, yeah, I think I was, 
just as excited when Elf was sponsoring Calton Leach in the Indy 500. Like, m- makeup sponsorships will always be exciting. But the fact that we are going to have a makeup branded car in the F1 Academy this year, I want to buy the helmet so badly. Like, please sell the mini helmets. Please sell replica models of this car. I need them. I need them so badly. But I, I don't know how to, like, sit here and break down the sponsorship from a business marketing point of view when my brain is just screaming, Ah, this is so fun! <laughs> the liver's better than I could have imagined. Like, I think I would have I jokingly it. in, like, a wish list had said, you know, yeah, let's put lipstick and lips in. And they were like, bet. 100%. You did it. We are a makeup company and we want you to know that we are a makeup company. It is... to We've... We're just having a conversation off pod about NASCAR has such fun liveries. I want to have more fun liveries and, you know, like an F1 setting. This is getting close. It's, it's, it's adjacent. It'll be on the same track potential to show that you can do it in this world and that it can really work, but please give us the merch for it. I, it makes me want to support the team just because of the branding. And, uh, okay. So I have my, my head straight. So a reminder to those of you who are not nerds like us, because we both work in marketing. Marketing is all about talking to the target audience. Um, so I we said on our wish list for this year that we want more makeup and beauty sponsors in F1, because to me, it doesn't matter if Esteban Ocon uses makeup. Guess what? His fan base is made up of lots of women. So sponsoring Alpine and sponsoring Esteban Ocon would be a smart decision for a beauty and makeup brand because the audience is primarily like is a large chunk of women and or makeup users. F1 might be made up of all men right now, but a large 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 portion of the audience, I think last time we did it it was about 40%. Oh, hello executive producer, did you come to say hi? Well, He's so excited about Charlotte Tilbury, that executive yeah. producer hopped up. Um, so F1's audience is made up of so many makeup users that it makes so much sense to, for them to get a beauty and makeup sponsorship. So to me, this feels like such a great first step, like where it's like, great, we're sponsoring the female theater series. And like, that feels like a really good pairing for Charlotte Tilbury. But you know, what would also be a really good pairing. Any of the teams in F1. Yeah. Cause guess what? High chance of a overlapping fan base entirely. The audience of F1 actually really overlaps with the audience of makeup users. So I just, and I, like, it just, to me, feels like the start. Like, this is so exciting because it's the start. And I cannot wait to see more brands like this getting involved both in F1 Academy and also hopefully in F1. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, for this to already be such a major announcement within F1 Academy, I think that's opening the door. It's showing other brands that, like, they can be in motorsports and it makes sense. And if anything, it's already about, like, the deals that are done that we haven't heard yet and Mm -hmm. will be hearing soon. It sets the bar, like, really high. And I have full faith on F1 Academy to deliver and Susie Wolf on delivering. Nicole, the car so pretty yeah no that was designed by a woman like that was this is a team of women who 100% know what they're doing and are really leaning into it as you should be with this type of pairing 
imagine if we went to the Miami race and there was a Charlotte Tilbury activation because F1 Academy is racing that weekend. Like I, like as a F1 fan and a makeup fan and a Charlotte Tilbury fan, like I would keel over. That would be too much for my brain. Like, and Charlotte Tilbury, you should do that. There needs to be a Charlotte Tilbury booth. I need to be able to like test out products while also at a motorsports race. Oh, it's so going to happen. At least once. It has to. Just because it's just too smart for it not to. Oh my goodness. I can't wait to make that short form content. Hopefully being able to witness it in person, if not just in awe of it from afar. Gridwalk's F1 Academy Race Weekend Draft. All right, welcome to our first F1 Academy Draft of the season. So if this is your first draft you're attending, we'll give you a breakdown of the rules for this season. So Nicole and I are going to snake draft five drivers each, and we get the points that the drivers get over the weekend. And we're at the end of the season, whichever one of us has more points, they win our competition. Feel free to play along um, and let us know which are going to be your five drivers in the comments below. Um, and then this doesn't apply this week, but we do have a rule after the first race weekend that we are only allowed to draft three of our five drivers in the top eight of the standings, but everyone is tied at zero right now. So it is complete free game. Uh, we discussed before coming on, that Nicole wanted me to have the first pick because Nicole did win our draft last season. So she got to choose if she wanted to go first or second, she has chosen second which means I'm going to start out this first draft by picking Doreen Pin. Yeah, I fully anticipated that pick happening, um, which then lets me do something that I won't be able to do at all the whole season is take both of the Alcubase sisters <laughs> as my back-to-back -back right. picks. I'm taking ha Hamda and Amna for the first race because I will not be able to do that ever again. Probably not. That is unlikely to happen again in the future. But I, oof, okay. So I now get two picks. I need the, I'm trying to think who will be remaining. Uh, okay, okay. I'm going to go with Amelie. So I'm going to take the last Red Bull driver from the list. Mm -hmm. And I'm also going to go with Leah Block, the Williams Academy driver. Okay. Third driver. I'm me sitting here with my old fashioned notes of seeing <laughs> like where we are. And one, two, so now I have two back to back. I'm mm -hmm. oh the stress here. I'm going with my girl Abby and Maya. Oh, okay. Okay. So my final two picks here, um, I am going to go with Lola in the Charlotte Tilbury car. I want to be able to root for it this week. And, ooh, I don't, um, you know what, I'm going to go with Bianca. For my yeah, I knew it. Pick. I knew you were going to do it. I knew. Yeah. I was like, there's no way she's going to leave Bianca for me as my last pick. I really, sure. I really did consider it, but I, I don't know. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I feel good. I feel good about my, my lineup. Who's going to be your final. Which is great because then I will take Carrie as my last pick. And those are our first line, first drafted teams for the first race of the F1 Academy Stacked. season. Stacked. It's on. 
Well, that is everything we have for you in this F1 Academy preview. We hope that you enjoyed this content and this has gotten you excited and educated on the upcoming F1 Academy season. Please, please, please show your support to them. Um, watch as much as you can this race, upcoming race weekend. I promise you it will be more competitive than what we're seeing on the F1 track. Uh, but follow your favorite drivers, follow the series, uh, show support in every way you can. Uh, we are going to continue covering this, but not in these one-off special extra episodes like this. So you can expect from us previews and recaps and analysis uh, before and after F1 Academy races. And definitely go check out our conversation about Puma and Tommy Hilfiger in our uh, full episode that we'll have linked below. Definitely more excited about excited about more cool sponsorships like this coming in for F1 Academy as the season goes on. But uh, definitely excited to see what happens with Charlie Tilbury this year. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Gridwalk. Thank you to our co-creators, Nicole Katz and Brianna Klein. Thank you to our four-legged executive producers and me, voiceover man. Don't forget to subscribe, like the video, turn on auto downloads, and leave a review to provide us with a fresh set of tires for the next week's show. You can follow us on social media at Gridwalk Show for daily content. We will be back to walk the Formula One grid every Thursday, and we will see you for the post-Gridwalk debrief in the comments. Well, today felt like a full glam grid and not a gridwalk. <laughs>